1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
2: Mornings with Ben Davis. Hi, oh, day. Thanks for hitting a mace out with me this Wednesday morning. Four minutes past nine. A foggy start, which means it's going to be a ripping and warm one today. 15-minute sin bins. I reckon they're a must for the NRL when it comes to HIA. Why? Well, we'll get stuck into that shortly. It is something I'll be asking Mel Meninga, who will be here in just an hour's time. Any questions for the Immortals, shoot them through. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. They are the digits you need to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. 15 minutes in, bins. Are you a fan? We'll find out shortly. Uh, Mr. September, Clark Keating, he'll swing by shortly because it's 20 years since this. Here it is. The Brisbane Lions have done it. The Hawks, the Bombers, the Crows, they couldn't do it in the 80s and
3: the 90s. But the Lions have gone back to back to back to become the greatest sign of the modern era. They are football's invincibles.
2: Yeah, the three-peat against Collingwood. Tomorrow night, another acid test between the Pies and the Lions. But it's a little bit different coming into this one, isn't it? Although, just listening to that, it gives me tingles. One sleep to go. We've got the hottest tickets in town to give away. That's right. Tickets to the Gabba tomorrow night. We'll be doing that before midday today. I'll take you to Augusta. Two sleeps until the Masters. Is it the most prestigious sporting event in the world? I'd argue it is. I'm sure there's others that would rival it because if it isn't, what is? I know Patty just threw out, well, Wimbledon. I reckon it's in the grand final with the Masters. What is the most prestigious sporting event on the planet? Or, or well, maybe the most prestigious title. British Open would have to be up there too. Does that trump the US Masters? I would argue that winning the green jacket has more prestige because it's played on the one course every year. Everyone is on the, I guess, the same footing. When when you come to the British Open, the Open Championship, well, it's played at different courses throughout or every different year. So I'm just thinking, winning a title at St Andrews as opposed to Royal St Anne's, does one hold more clout than the other? I guess the easy thing to say would be an Olympics or a World Cup, but they're every four years. Maybe that makes them more prestigious. But name me the current Olympic gold medalist in tennis. Now well, I'll give you some time. You might need to Google it. I reckon you would have to. What about the current Olympic golfing champion? Yeah, see, see what I mean? it's very sports specific and the fact that it is every four years. So if there was one title that you could have in your back pocket that would get you to the front of the line, wherever it would be, City Rail, I oh know City Rail doesn't exist anymore. If it gets you to the front of the line, the keys to the city, whatever it would be, if you could play one sport and win one title in the world, what would it be? Who and which one would have the most clout. Uh, $50 voucher to the Sporting Globe to give away as well. We'll do that to the caller of the day. Oh, wow. I am looking forward to this one. You know what? I'll be asking that same question to all my guests this morning, but this is going to be fun. The man responsible for one of the best displays of sportsmanship I've seen in a while. In oh, cars, oh no, want it's, on roof. it's roof. This is not good. That's
1: one of the Shelby it's power cars. McLaughlin. And that's the McLaughlin car up on its roof with the right rear wheel missing. It's made huge contact with the wall.
4: You're he's okay, okay this You're is okay. red
1: flag, the session. This is Scott McLaughlin, who's the fastest out there at the moment, has had a monumental. A bated breath inside the garage there. The so, to get there. the change gonna straight Gisbergen okay. jumped out to make great. sure he's okay.
2: Great sportsmanship. Yeah, great sportsmanship indeed. I, I get tingles too listening to that one. That was 2019 on the Gold Coast. Shane Van Gisbergen, SVG by popular demand. And that's mainly from my wife. But Shane Van Gisberg, he he doesn't talk often. He doesn't talk long. So we'll be having a chat to him. This is Appointment Radio just after 10.30 this morning. It is going to be fun. Uh, where are they now, Wednesday? And a new segment, because we are on for the full three hours for the first time in 2023. That's right. Daylight's even gone. Thank God for that 11 a.m. mayhem. That's right. From 11 o'clock today, the lines will be open. We'll clear them. We'll reset them. You call. You get on. Whatever you want to talk about this morning, 55. But first... And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. I reckon sin bins in the NRL for headshots should be 15 minutes. 13, 13, 55. It's the first step in making HIA rules fair for everyone. Now, I know you're going to come at me and say, hang on, Ben, we've heard you talk about sin bins should be only for five minutes. Well, I think there should be five in the bin reinstated, but not for HIA headshots. This morning, I want you to be part of an NRL football operations meeting. How do we make HIA HIA and concussion rules fair for everyone? If you were in charge, what would you do? No idea is a bad idea. And I want you to put cross-code bickering and animosity aside because you know what? Other codes actually have some good rules and laws around this. You and I know that this is the biggest issue in contact sport and will be for decades. Rules are being implemented, changed, tweaked all the time, hopefully for the better. But this is something that is going to be ongoing in the NRL, in rugby, in AFL. Some of these tweaks, some of these rules, some miss the mark, some don't go far enough. So this morning, I want to hand it over to you. Let's call it our own footy operations meeting. The NRL, if you had to give them an idea about what could work, what is working, what could be better, especially around HIA concussions, I want to hear them from you this morning. 13 13 55 let us start with 15 minutes in, Bins. If a player you whack in the head has to be sidelined for 15 minutes to undergo HIA protocols, then... Surely so should you, right? That just seems fair, doesn't it? Have a look at the eels and roosters from the weekend. Tedesco, mandatory sit down for 15 minutes. Bailey Simonson gets 10 in the bin. Then he was allowed to come back on. Tedesco wasn't. Can you poke holes in this idea? I'm okay if you can, because this is what it's about. Throwing ideas out. Let's go a step further. If the player who cops the high shot fails their HIA, like Tedesco, and is not allowed back on the field, why should the player who hits them be allowed back on the field? It's something rugby does. Super rugby. They have the ability for the video ref to upgrade a yellow card, so they're 10 in the bin, to a red card. A send-off. It's an eye for an eye. That, That seems fair doesn't it? I want to frankenstein this. I I want to bring best practice into it. So, let's bring the best of rugby, let's bring the best of AFL, let's bring it into the NRL. Getting the best of the best as far as rules go. 15 minutes in bins. That's fair, isn't it? For HIA, if you whack someone in the head and then if they can't come back on, you shouldn't be allowed to come back on. Because, again, let's bring it back to current events. Barley Simons gets ten in the bin, is allowed to come back on. Tedesco can't. Yes, he gets suspended, gets two weeks, because that's how long James Tedesco is out for at least, with the 11-day mandatory stand-down. But the Roosters don't get the benefit of that, do they? The teams that... The Eels will be playing over the next two weeks. We'll get the benefit of him being suspended. The Roosters, well, they get no benefit at all. In fact, they've lost a player. Which brings me to my next point. The use of the 18th man. As it stands, you need to lose two players. So half your bench to HIA before you can activate the 18th man. Is that best practice? Is that fair? Doesn't seem like it. And see, that's already changed this year. It used to be three. You had to lose three players to HIA before you could activate your 18th man. Why three? Well, they changed it to two. So the question begs, why why two? Why not if you lose a player to a headshot? And remember, heads are sacrosanct. You cannot hit the head of another player without getting a penalty. So then, why is the team who gets hit in the head penalised? You should be able to replace him straight up with the 18th man. In the AFL, you can activate a sub, regardless of what injury happens and when and how many. So let's bring that into the NRL, don't you think? Footy operations meeting on a Wednesday morning. I want you to be part of it. 13 13 736 736. If you're creating universal concussion laws, HIA, whatever it is. And again, across codes, this doesn't have to just be NRL. Why don't we have universal HIA laws? The AFL have got a mandatory 12-day stand down. The NRL's got a mandatory 11-day stand down. Why 11? Why 12? I just keep reminding of <laughs> the guy out of Something About Mary. Eight-minute abs. No, seven-minute abs. Well, what about six-minute abs? It's not 6 minutes abs. Anyway, uh, what would you do? 13, 13. 55 a 15-minute sin bin, upgrade the sin bin to a send-off, 18th man. What, what have I forgotten? What have I forgotten this Wednesday morning? And if you don't agree with any of those, happy to hear those as well. Let's poke some holes into this. Let's put our thinking hats on, just as Anthony's done out of Flagstone. Anthony, good morning. Uh, how are you, Benny? Very well. What's on your mind?
5: Well, just with that conversation you're having about the concussion, yeah, the 15 minutes in bin's good. But as you said, like, if like Tedesco can't come back on, Bailey Simonson should be expelled from that game as well, and they should be down to the same amount of players, you know. Like, it just it makes it fair because they're still playing with their full 17 players, yeah. and Roosters say gone down to 16 now.
2: Yeah, exactly right. So Bench rotation. I reckon. It, I reckon it's fair. And you know what? Exactly. It's something that can be implemented in mid-season. I, I would have thought. I don't think anyone would be too much it's against a, this, would they?
5: Looks. Looks like common sense. I feel. I
2: <laughs> what do they say about common sense, though, Anthony? Not that common. Yeah, yeah. Not that common. It's not that common. Yeah, correct. Mate, thank you for being part of the show. You're the clubhouse leader at the moment. A fifty-dollar voucher to the Sporting Globe your home of NRL and AFL Live. You can head there, uh, Logan or Rabino. Anthony is, as I said, the clubhouse leader. Keep them coming through. 13 13 55 50, Can you poke some holes in that idea? A 15-minute sin bin. And then getting upgraded to a send-off if the player can't return. Happy with that? It is a no-brainer, isn't it? And that's no pun intended. It's a no-brainer, so why wouldn't the NRL implement that? Can you think of a downside? 1313 13, 736736 7, off and running for a Wednesday morning, 16 minutes past nine. You are on the home of Queensland Sport S E N Q. Back to talk some AFL and Mr. September Lions Ruckman. They're going to be the big talking point of tomorrow night at the Gabba Clark Keating Next. <music>
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 21 minutes past
2: nine. Thanks for your company this Wednesday. One more sleep until the Lions and Collingwood at the Gabba. It is the Easter Thursday blockbuster. We'll get into that in just a moment. But we have an answer for you. Who won and who is the reigning Olympic tennis Champion? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller. Anyone? See, I know Olympic gold medals hold massive currency in the world of sport. In fact, it's probably the most prestigious thing you can win, but then, depending on your sport and your event, right? Alexander Zverev, he won the gold medal at Tokyo at the Olympics. Linda Bencic won the women's Olympic gold medal. Again, I would argue that a Wimbledon title would hold more prestige in the world of tennis and then if you go down the world and the path of golf US Masters, British Open they they hold more clout than a US Open don't they 1313 13, 55 736 736 Yeah, we'll never, ever get tired of hearing that. Football's Invincibles 2003, the three-peak, back-to-back-to-back, two of them against Collingwood, and the reason we're playing that, it's 20 years since that title. And tomorrow night at the Gabba, the next instalment of the Pies and the Lions. One man who was there on that day in September 2003. In fact, he's known as Mr. September, is on the line now. Clark Keating, crackers, morning to you. Just seems like yesterday, doesn't it? How are you? Very well. Just seems like yesterday, doesn't it? Oh, it does, absolutely. Every time you sort of hear
5: that uh, commentary, it brings, brings back a lot, a lot of memories and uh, a lot of enjoyment, that's for sure.
2: All right, well, what's your what's your greatest memory of it, either of the day or the night after?
5: Oh, look, it's, um, I think all our grand finals, we had such a good week in, in just celebrating and, and really taking in what we achieved. But uh, I suppose that three in a row, which hadn't been done for so many years, was just such a feat, especially for a team from Brisbane to travel down to the MCG, which is the home of home of football and, and to be a, a interstate side and, and to play on the biggest stage um, in that last day in September, three years in a row, and to win um, was, was very exciting and, and a memory that
2: I'll never forget. Three Brownlow medalists among you, defending uh, premiers from back-to-the-back back years, six All-Australians, uh, and then there was you, a banged-up Ruckman, who'd just always come good in September, mate. Yeah, I know, I'm
5: very much banged up, wasn't well, no. I? Um, when you put me in with all those Brownlow medalists and All-Australians, i got a pretty good record, don't I? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't fortunate enough to be an All-Australian or a Brownlow medalist, but I uh, yeah, played with a lot of uh, good players um, in our side. and uh, Obviously, to name or to individualise those players wouldn't, wouldn't do our team justice because we had such a great depth of players from uh, you know, full-back to full-forward and, and our um, rotations on the bench. Every, every person played a part. And obviously to get myself back up and, and into contention to play in those games was, uh, was, uh, was a feat in itself and, and a lot of faith that was put in me by Lee Matthews and the coaching staff to uh, put me in there.
2: And Clark Ruckman, uh, dominate discussions as well as forward lines coming into tomorrow. We'll get into that in just a sec. But how, how good is it and how fulfilling is it to, to see the club back in the premiership frame to be spoken about as competition heavyweights?
5: Yeah, it's really it's just great actually. Um, they recruited really well um, over the summer, uh, and obviously the likes of Croft coming in is a great addition, and, and great to see a father son come through uh, as well, and, and obviously get, pick up a uh, nomination as well for uh, rising player. So, um,
2: do you remember him uh, as a looked, do you remember him as a kid, it, Clark? Do you remember him as it, a little boy?
5: Yeah, we will, and and, uh, and Nigel uh, Lappin is. His kids and Will's always caught up um, all the time, um, and he was a superstar as a young kid. I, I just remember hearing stories how he just be out there on the juniors, just blitzing it and playing for years um, you know, against older players and just had that now, uh, that footy brain um, at such a young age, um, which is very rare, but obviously to, to bring that forward over you know 10 plus years playing juniors, he never burnt out. And obviously became a better player, and, and will be a long time player for the club in years to come.
2: All right, let's start addressing tomorrow night. And as said, Ruckman will dominate because Collingwood don't have one, and Brisbane have got one of their best in the in the Big O. Yeah,
5: absolutely. Look, it's it's unfortunate that uh, Collingwood have lost both their rucks. It's uh, you know you, you usually have two rucks per squad um, to be able to back each other up and Mm. and very rarely do both rucks go down. So um, it's going to be a great opportunity for the big O to really dominate that part of the ground and uh, really start to look after the mids and if we can sort of break that open early on in the game um, and get the ball moving forward then we're pretty much on our way to beating a very good uh, Collingwood team under the coach of my old mate Craig McRae.
2: Craig McCrae and Justin Lippage. So you've got some of your old teammates. Now well I guess sleeping with the enemy. Now, are, you, are you impressed with what Fly and Leper have, have done with this team?
5: Oh absolutely. I think he's um I, from what I from what I hear a lot of people now barrack for Collingwood who Probably would never barrack for Collingwood purely because of the way. Nah, you're dreaming. You drink. You drink. You're, dr- you're, has, dream- you're dreaming crackers. No, around.
2: no one barracks for Collingwood. <laughs> Come on, they're like manly. <laughs> no, one, <laughs> no one in their right? <laughs> Mine barracks for Collingwood.
5: <laughs> I know, I know, but like it's funny because he just comes across as such. He is. He's such a nice guy, and yeah. the way his team playing, they're an exciting team to watch because they're so attacking, and you know that they're going to. Kick a good score, which is what the fans want to see. They want to see a attacking brand of football, which is like the way we played back in the, um, you know, the two thousands. We, we were very attacking. We had a great defence, but yeah. we always pushed hard and quick into our forward line because, uh, you know, if the te- if the ball goes forward, you're putting your opponents under pressure, and if you're going towards our goal, they're under the pump. They make a mistake, and and we're in front of goal. So. They play a very similar brand. You've just got those players believing in their own ability and uh, believing in their game plan, and everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet, and they're performing really well.
2: Before we ask you about the Lions, um, Craig McRae's nickname is Fly. Where does that come from? Is that one you can repeat on radio?
5: Uh, I'm just trying to think where Fly came from. I think it's just... uh, he was always called fly. He might've yeah. been from his Adelaide days when he came to the club. Yeah. I, I, I can't answer that question,
2: Benny. Sorry. Well, that's okay. all right. Do, do some homework. Get back to me. All right. Let, let's talk about the lines yep. because they've up and down, uh, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, but they have a good record of, of bouncing back. And we, we just mentioned before about the ruck and exploiting that. Let's drill down onto that as a ruckman. How can you exploit the fact that they don't have another one? And I know that might sound easy, but I look back at the final against Richmond last year at the Gabba and we lost the big O within the first couple of minutes and had Dan stay in the ruck. What about this? Tables being turned. And, well, I'm not going to say he dominated, but the, but the midfield dominated. Lockie Neal and the, and the mid stepped up in that game.
5: Yeah, you're spot on there. And, and sometimes... Yeah. In mids, when you haven't got your dominant ruck in there, they tend to play a bit more of a defensive role. And in playing that defensive role, they they put themselves in a position where their opponents are obviously calling for the ball and they're working off their ruck. So they basically just play off the opposition ruck. Um, and sometimes they play better than their own the, the ruck's own teammates. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, you know, the next day, obviously he, he, he competed really well that game. I thought he just jumped really hard. And that's what you really need is a contest, just to make sure that the other ruck doesn't get it too easy. Um, One thing that the Big O's got to do is he's got to be able to communicate with his mids and give it to them to their advantage so we do get the centre clearances and to get stoppage clearances around the ground. There's no point having a dominant ruck who doesn't hit the ball in the right area to their teammates to be able to get that... um, that benefit of uh, of getting your hand on the ball, um, or you could on the flip side just clearing the area, like what what I used to do with, um, with Brisbane, is you know punching at 10, 15 meters towards your goal and, and making sure your mids know about that, and then you're you're running onto it and uh, into your forward line. But uh, I think from a if McStay does play against Big O, which more than likely he will because he has played that role before, then he'll he'll just have to compete as well, just keep jumping into him to make sure he doesn't get too much of a dominance in the clearances.
2: Criticism of the forward line warranted?
5: Um, last week they looked a bit lost, didn't they? Um, I thought. I thought, you know, they got some great players down there, but there was just real no harmony amongst them. Um, and then you've got the likes of Charlie Cameron sort of, you know, putting his hands in the air when the ball wasn't put in the right area. And look, you know, you, you don't know what, what was going through uh, the mind. Um, as to why the ball wasn't into that area. But I think that sort of a reaction is safe for quarter time or half time without the likes of, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people seeing, seeing that. It just doesn't really look good from a spectator's perspective seeing that sort of, um, uh, I suppose, reaction on, on TV yeah. it's about being made up, up the field. But uh, I think this week they have got the, the quality to kick big scores, but I think they've just got to... Um, work out their roles and, and play those roles and, and um, become more competitive.
2: It's the one thing the, the Lions have really built on over the last couple of years or ever since Chris Fagan's been in there is about playing for each other and, and not being selfish and, and looking for your op- uh, opponent, looking for your teammate and, and dishing off. But it just doesn't seem they've been doing that uh, this year to start with. Mate, before we let you go, it's been insightful as always. So thank you. But question without notice, um, on the back of the US Masters, I, I think it's one of sport's most prestigious events, but also prestigious titles. Outside of your own sport, outside of winning a premiership, which you've done three times, Clark, what other what other world sporting event trophy would you love to have had in the back pocket?
5: Oh, there's, there's a number there, Benny. I could uh, love to be winning
2: the Formula One <laughs> driver. Oh yeah, you wouldn't fit in. You wouldn't fit in the car, but I get it.
5: <laughs> no, probably too heavy and too tall um, to be able to. Uh, any you know, speed around those but that would be an amazing um, accolade to win yeah. Formula 1 but from a team perspective um, I suppose the Rugby Union World Cup which is coming up this year in, in France would be especially for Australia and the Wallabies would be uh, an awesome um, team effort I think be part of that would be unreal to represent your country and to bring that home
2: Rugby Union That's World true. Cup, There's one, there's one that I hadn't thought of Crackers, always a pleasure, mate. I know you'll be watching on with uh, uh, with absolute pride tomorrow night. Appreciate the chat, Clark Keating, Mr. September. That's right, twenty years since the Lions and Collingwood won. Oh wow, I'm just thinking, 2003. That was a what well, was a long time ago. I think John Howard was prime minister and City Rails was open and Peter Beattie was premier. Petrol was about 88 cents a litre. Let's see if they can repeat it 20 years on. 1313550467736736. 13, Time for a news hit then I will take you to one of the most prestigious places on the planet,
1: Augusta National next. Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with
2: Ben Davis. Yeah, 17 away from 10 Malmaninga after 10 o'clock, 13, 55. That's the digits you need if you have any questions for the big man. Mick on text, it says, morning, Ben, couple of thoughts. I think it's a too big a penalty for the offender to be sent off if the player fails the HIA. So Mick is being part of our NRL operations footy meeting on a Wednesday. Maybe have a forced sub. So they go off for the game, but one of the reserves can come on like their 18th man get activated then the interchanges are reduced so now it's three on the bench the interchanges drop from eight to six. Whoa, oh we're getting technical now this will affect the team also any player ruled out from HIA should have an automatic replacement yep exactly right so an 18th 19th man even on the bench now to keep the coaches honest any player failing an HIA automatically misses the next game well this is what we've got anyway with the 11-day mandatory stand-down. This would stop the coaches bending the rules, Mick. So thank you. Yeah, that's already in play with the 11-day mandatory stand-down. But 15 minutes in the bin, I think, because if you're a player that gets hit in the head legally or legally, uh, illegally, they've got to go off for 15 minutes. So surely you do too, right? All right, let's head stateside now, down Mago- Magnolia Lane to the most prestigious sporting event on the planet, in my view, and it's got to be one of the best work trips on the planet as well. It's where we find Brent Reed from The Australian living it up at Augusta National. Reedy, good morning or good evening to you.
6: Working hard, Benny, as always, mate. Not living it up so much. Working very hard. Nose for mm. the grindstone, buddy.
2: Yeah, no, I've known you for almost 30 years, ready? Is it working hard or hardly working? Yeah. Well, I've just pulled you out of dinner. What What's the dinner for and about, and who's there?
6: Yeah, it's actually a dinner. The uh, PGA Tour of Australia has a dinner over here for Australians. So not the players, but their family members. So and Crowe's mum and dad are here um, people associated with the game who are in America and over here for the tour. So That's I actually cool. just arrived. Would you believe I, I walked in the door and had to come out and answer the phone for you? I didn't even get a beer, man. So oh, no. I'm a thirsty, man. <laughs> no, That's
2: all right. No, mate, you're a good man. Thank you for doing that. A <laughs> hey, um, H- Harrison Crowe, what a great story. He is an amateur, yeah. one of five Aussies who will be competing at the masters. Um, have you met mum and dad yet? The family? What, are, what are they like? What can you tell us? Yeah.
6: Oh, they're good knockabout Sydney people. They Um, you know, the old man loves a beer and loves watching his son play golf. And they're actually over here with a crew of about, there's about 11 of them in a house. They're sharing a house together. I think the house sleeps about eight and there's 11 of them in it. You know, so a lot of his mates, a lot of his mates are here. It's quite funny, actually. They've got a bet going where whenever he has a birdie, they got a skull of beer. So,
2: um,
6: you know, I think that's a pretty... That's a pretty fine house to be in, Ben. Oh,
2: yeah. (laughs) Sure they're not from Queensland? they're having
6: a good time. No. (laughs) So, mum and dad are here. So, uh, yeah, they're good people, actually. His old man's a good golfer himself. So, um, you know, I'll see them over the next couple of days, I expect, because they're always following their son around. So... Yep, good good Aussies. Good Aussie people,
2: mate. Outstanding stuff. Now, the Aussies are sticking together at Augusta National on course as well. We've heard that Harrison played around today with the two Queenslanders, yep. with with Scotty and with Cam Smith.
6: Yes, he played yesterday with Jason Day, another Queenslander. We all forget poor old Jason <laughs> the Queenslander because he never comes home. But he <laughs> played with him yesterday as well. So, uh, yeah, no, he played with Cam Smith and Aaron Scott today. It's a great experience for him. Obviously, they... They're only going to play nine holes, but they ended up playing eighteen. I think they must have been having such a good time and great opportunity for him to pick their brain and um, speak to them about how to play the course. And you know, Adam basically told him, "Mate, just get your drives in play, and the course becomes a lot easier." So, some pretty sim- simple, uh, I guess, advice from Adam. And you know, they've got big raps on him. He said he's a really impressive young kid, and he is actually a really impressive young kid. And to speak to him, he's um, you know really down to earth young fellow. Who's who's got the opportunity of a lifetime and you know, he's really excited about it.
2: Reedy, the politics of sport are coming into this. We we know about mm. the, the, the civil war that golf is going through, the the, the rebel to yeah. live and, and the PGA. So Adam Scott on one side of the fence and Cameron Smith the other. Any sign yeah. of that? Any chat about that? Obviously you would have asked Adam Scott that today.
6: Yeah. No, no. He said, no, look, we've always been mates. We've stayed mates. And he's got his view and I've got mine and we've spoken about it and and we've moved on. Now, it's really interesting because I think we all expected, you know, World War Three to break out when we got here, but it's been quite calm. <laughs> it's actually, uh, disappointingly as a journalist, it's been quite calm, Ben. We wanted some drama, but they <laughs> have actually been uh, talking about how pleasant things have been, how good it has been to see each other again. So even oh, Phil yeah. Mickelson, who's been persona non grata, yeah. um, you know, as far as PGA Tour guys are concerned. Phil spoke today. He didn't do his – he was actually offered the chance to do a, an interview at the press center because they put up designated press interviews and he declined that. But then he did one when he finished his um, practice round. So, um, yeah, he obviously, he looked a bit edgy, actually. He looked a bit nervous about it all, but, you know, he handled himself all right. And, um, you know, we, we start golf in two days and we'll all move on from all that. But it, it's interesting when they, the groupings, there's not many, uh, no, none of the big name live players are playing with any of the big name PGA tour players. So none of the big name live players are playing with Rory and Tiger well, those um you know um, Scotty Scheffler, those guys and and they've sort of separated the the big name live guys on the other side, you know cam Cam Smith's playing with Hideki Matsuyama and um Sunji Kim, I think it was sunji sorry. so they've they've kept them apart for the first two days at least
2: yeah let's see what happened when it comes to the weekend though after the cut and there's going to be plenty of drama yeah. once we get on course too um the weather. Brent, how's how's oh, it looking? Yeah. yeah, no good?
6: It's looking ugly, Benny. It's looking mm. ugly. Um, and there's a bit of talk, it might go into Monday this morning. That that's how much rain they're expecting. I think they reckon they're gonna have ninety mils or something on oh, uh, Saturday. And I'm not I'm not a weather expert, but that sounds like
7: a lot of water <laughs> to me. So <laughs> no, it
6: <does. laughs> you know, it's, it's a pretty well, the golf course is pretty unique in that, you know, it obviously drains really well. It's not like playing it um Wollstone Park like you and I did back in the old days, but it, um, oh, you know, it drains pretty well, but I think even ninety mils is a is a struggle. So yeah, there's a bit of talk about going to Monday, so that'll be interesting. Luckily my flights booked for Tuesday, so I'll be able to stay for <laughs> the final round, hopefully.
2: All right. Well it's ten years since Scotty wore the green jacket. Cam Smith is well, he he's just he, he eyeballs Augusta, takes it on and says, here we go. What, he had four yeah. top ten finishes out of his last five. Uh, we know Minwoo yeah. Lee set the record on the final day for the first nine holes. So we're, we're in with a fairly good chance as far as Aussie yeah. can do. We haven't even spoken about Jay Day, who's, who's probably the biggest mover in yeah, the, exactly. up the up the rank, world rankings.
6: And he's got three top five finishes here. He loves his place. So, And he's been in unbelievable form. He's got himself... You know, he wasn't in the field last year, Jason. I think he dropped to 175 in the world, but um, he's back in the top 50 now and playing really good golf. <laughs> it's quite inter- interesting to hear him talk the other day about the things he's doing with his swing and how much is going on in his head, you know, in terms of his golf swing. And I thought, blimey, if you've got that much going on your head, I'm, I'm not sure, sure you can win this golf tournament. But he's got a great record here. And Scotty's obviously amazing record here, 10 years on. Yeah. And he had a hole-in-one here last week. He played a practice round with his old man. And, Patrick Cantlane had a hole in one. So, you I know, mean, Cam Smith obviously plays great here. He's not in great touch, Cam, but he plays great here. So, look, hopefully one of them can make a charge. That's, well, Hopefully all three or all five can, but hopefully at least one of them gets, you know, knee-deep in it on Sunday because, um, you know, that would be fantastic, you know, from a selfish point of view to be able to be sideline while
2: that's going on. Oh. No, exactly. Be selfish all the way, Brent. Because as I said, it's one of the yeah. most prestigious tournaments on the planet, or even events on the planet. And mate, you've you've been oh, around mate. the world. You, you've covered big yeah. events: Olympics, Masters, World Cups. What what in yeah. your mind is the most prestigious yeah. event, or would have the biggest clout in any sport? Do you think? Well,
6: Look, I, I, for me, the Olympics is a pinnacle. Mm. I, I, you know, for me, the Olympics is the big—that's the big cheese, right? The big event. But this is ridiculous <laughs> coming to this place, because I mean, I'm not a—I'm not a uh, an avid. Oh, look, I'm, I play a bit of golf, but you, you know, wander around this golf course and master of big park. What are
2: you talking the,
3: about?
6: The, sh- yeah. <laughs> the shape it's in is amazing. Like to, Television doesn't do it justice, and they treat you so well. well you don't pay for anything here, like, Betty. Everything's
1: free. You're, you're a, a You never pay for anything center. anyway. What are you talking
6: Mate, about? There's a, rest, there's a restaurant in the media center. You can order, you know, it's, got, it's, got a, it's got a menu and everything. You just order what you want, and you just walk out. Who, who's it's, like the, being, it's heaven. Who, who's it's the, the reigning? Who's
2: the reigning Olympic <laughs> golf champion?
6: Oh, who is a who's the golf champion? See,
2: and this is this is my argument against the Olympics. Hundred meter finals, swimming, running. Yeah, I mean that's gold medal yeah. worthy, yeah. But yeah. sports specific yeah. and every four years, that that's my argument against the Olympics, which we know a gold medal has a lot of currency, but that's yeah. why I think the Masters, same place, you in, you out, the 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 field oh, is a, elite. A,
6: from a golfing perspective, yeah, I agree with you there. From a mm. golfing perspective, this is the this is top of the pops, but from a sporting perspective, I mean, for, you know, a sport in general for me, the, the Olympics is as good as it gets. But from yeah. a golfing perspective, you can't beat this place. I mean, what's 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 better a Wimbledon a
2: Wimbledon title or a US Masters? Ooh, I, haven't, I haven't done Wimbledon. And I don't <laughs> no, it's, not you, it's not about you, Reid.
6: It's not about. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's about winning it.
3: <laughs>
6: well, they're probably on they on an equivalent level. But, um, in their respective sports,
2: aren't they? I reckon. So, yeah. um, hey, mate, I'm looking at the clock. I'm, sta- I'm standing between you and a beer and dinner. Get inside, mate. It's been it's been a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for the rundown. We'll look forward to reading your stuff. From no the worries,
6: Benny.
2: There we go, Brent. Good stuff, mate. Brent Reid from the Australian. We got a bit sidetracked there, didn't we? thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Be part of Queensland sports'
1: biggest conversation. <laughs> Hostplus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au.
2: Mornings with Ben Davis. Thanks for your company. Wednesday morning. Oh, I was going to say it's an hour of power, but they are all hours of power. Mal Meninga standing by. And then one I'm, well, I'm equally as looking forward to, speaking to the big fella, and that is speaking to this country's best driver. S-V-G, Shane Van Gisbergen. Uh, I know my wife is looking forward to this. She is a mad fan, but so are we, aren't we? The, The best driver in this country. And he's ranked inside the top 10 drivers on the planet. Huge stuff. SVG come up. He he doesn't talk much. He doesn't talk for long, but we'll see what we can do. It's gonna be appointment radio. 6 467 736 736 If you've got a question for Mel Meninga, uh, Razor's jumped on the text. He said, Ben, what's his country coming to? Why do we need to strip a man of an award from many years ago who wouldn't even be named by the young kids of today? he's talking about Jared Hayne, and we do have to be very careful about that because there's still appeals processes and courts of law that we have to duck and weave. But now he says we're jumping up and down about a picture of an Anzac jumper. Now the kids just want to see their team play. Well, Razor, I I will say that, and we just heard Vanessa talk about it in the news. If you haven't seen it, the West Tigers have released their Anzac jumper, but they've now renamed it a commemorative jumper because the photo that they used as part of the image on the jersey isn't of Australian soldiers. It's a very compelling image. It's a very poignant image, but they're not Australian soldiers. West Tigers have defended that. It's probably the only thing they've defended all year, but they have said that they did do this in conjunction with Hallsworthy Army Base, and they got the tick of approval, so uh, you just think I mean, this organization, they just can't get too many things right, can they? They've even buggered this up. Thirteen thirteen fifty five O four six seven seven three six seven three six. Six minutes past ten. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. We are speaking to Mel Meninga as we do at this time every Wednesday. Mel, good morning to you. Good um, morning, Ben.
4: Where do we start? <laughs> so much to talk about. Um, West... Well, it's ten o'clock in the morning. I'm, I'm used to eleven o'clock, mate. Oh, so
2: daylight saving. <laughs> it's, too
4: it's too early gone for me. It.
2: <laughs> it's gone, mate. Well, hey, well, Bloody let's old. just let, let's just start on that. The West Tigers jersey. Have you, have you seen it? No.
4: Thought thought Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, an oversight, isn't it, by the, um, obviously the marketing, promotions team. Um, Storm the key, key cup for me, I mean, yeah. at, least they're, at least they're celebrating this, a commemorative jersey, at least they're celebrating yeah. the Anzacs, and it's a fantastic tradition we have in this country, and um, it's getting better and bigger all by the, you know, by the years, and you know, young people are going out on Anzac Day and, um, you know, and you're paying their respects, you know, the bright hours of early in the morning, you know, so. Um, the poor old Tigers, you know, they're not winning too much at the moment, are they? And, um, and the more they're down, the, the more people want to kick them.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, Anzac Day is the is the most important day on our calendar, I, I would argue, in the, in this country. Yeah, and yes, we need to commemorate yeah, that,
4: it. Yeah. yeah, but that, um, that, uh, superimposed, obviously, figure that they have on the jersey is, is synonymous with Anzac Day and synonymous, um, with wartime, you know, so um, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to criticise, you know, them using that particular commemorative um, icon. I guess um, so. For me, um, it's a bit of a storm and tea up and I congratulate the, the the West Tigers for, you know, um, you know for what they do mm-hmm. around Anzac Day. I mean, that ga- great game of rugby league does does pl- a lot around Anzac Day, and um, you know, we we should you know remain respectful to that occasion.
2: Hey Mal, I, I might give you. I know you've got the headset on with the with the cable and everything there. I might get you to give the cable a bit of a wiggle because we've got a nice little buzz and hum coming through, and I, I don't want that to distract from what you've got to say because we've got plenty to talk about uh, uh, over the next uh, twenty minutes as well. I th- 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 this morning I- I've been I've been asking everyone to to bring. To bring their ideas into an NRL operations meeting, how, how do we make the HIA rules fair for everyone? And Because now they're good, but they're not that good. I, I, I suggested that we should have a 15-minute sin bin because if you whack someone in the head, they've got to go off for 15 minutes for an HIA assessment. So That's surely right. it's fair that
4: they go off for 15 minutes as well. Um, well, there is an inequity here. There's no doubt about it. Um, obviously, with a 15-minute mandatory assessment so i guess the first thing i think i want to talk about here is that you, you obviously got to go to the sideline and get that assessment that injury assessment um the assessment obviously is done by independent doctors and, and obviously the club doctors and i believe if that assessment um is you know indicates that the is okay and he can go back on well then you go straight back on and have to wait the 15 minutes. I think that's really important part of it. And then obviously the sin bidding should be 10 minutes. But if they take the full 15, I'm in agreement with you. I think that it should be a 15-minute mandatory period. Um, but then what happens then, Ben, if uh, the player can't go back on? What happens to the... The sin binning. You know what happens that player then. Well, he, here's, the...
2: well, here's my next layer, Mal, and I know rugby. Yep. I know rugby do this, and that's what I'm saying. That other sports do things. Okay, some don't, some do. Rugby now in Super Rugby, you can upgrade a yellow card to a red card, and that's the if the TMO deems whatever you've done uh, is worse than just an initial yellow card. So in the same vein, if Say James Tedesco. Let, let's use that because that's the most recent example. Yeah. Bailey yes. Simonson should go to the bin for 10 minutes while uh, – sorry, 15 minutes while 15, James yes. Tedesco gets his yes. HIA. If he can't come back, on, neither can
4: Bailey Simonson. So does Bailey Simonson get replaced? Nope, because nope. James Tedesco can't. Well, he's at there's 13 men. They can get replaced. So, so oh, Harley rotation on the back. bench. Yeah, rotation yes. on the bench. So they can actually still have 13, 12, yeah, 13 players instead of the 12 players, but they just lose one from the bench.
2: What about the fact that it was a high shot? Do you need to get penalised for that then?
4: Well, I think his sin I a... I mean, it, obviously, he's not going to get sent off. Um, and there's been occasions where the player gets sent off, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the the defensive team obviously gets penalised straight away. But in this instance where they get sin bin, um, if James, in this case, if James Sadesco can't go back on, or Bailey Simerson can't go back on, uh, James Nedesco gets replaced, but Barley Simonson gets replaced as well. Okay, so bringing the eighteenth man in for that. Yes. Okay. Well, not no, no, the seventeenth, but one off the bench. So they actually they lose a player off their off their bench as well. So that. Oh right, any, sorry. Can,
2: yeah, yeah. bringing back on getting replaced on the field, of course. So it's thirteen right. on thirteen. That's, okay.
4: Thirteen on thirteen. Yeah. Right. Would be would be my solution if you know the, the game did go down that way. Um, yeah. So that mean there is there is an inequity obviously around. The assessment period of mm. 15 minutes i think yes uh, it should be 15 minutes if they take the full 15 minutes um i believe that that the assessment period doesn't have to be 15 minutes i think if they get the independent and the club doctors to, to agree that the players okay after say five minutes or six minutes whatever the case may be uh they're allowed to go straight back on and then there's just the the normal 10 minutes in for that particular particular player so but if it's a it's a fifteen minutes period, and the player can't go back on. Well, then that's where it becomes a bit grey, doesn't it, about what we do with a uh, Bailey Simonson as an example.
2: Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven seven three six seven three six. Uh, do you agree with Mal in that regard, Mal? I would even say bring in the eighteenth man if you lose one player to HIA. Currently, you've got to lose two to HIA. That's right. Yeah, I, I just right. think if, if, if you've got someone down and out with, uh, ruled out through by the independent doctor, and let's remember that, it's not about yeah. gaming the system, it's an independent doctor rules you out, should you be able to activate
4: the 18th man straight away? Yeah, well that's, um, I mean they talk about trust, you know, it, you know, it's trust in players and trust in, in the coaches and things like that about whether it's correct or not, you know, that has, you know, you have is always there to be broken if that, yeah. that makes sense you know so it's always there to uh to try to get around um but if there's a, a trust that built that's built up between the coaches and the players in particular uh, that's a really important part of it well yeah i mean i agree with with the replacement straight away you bring right. the 80th man straight on
2: Mate, we are ticking boxes here we're getting through this nrl <laughs> operations meeting like nobody's business hey let's talk you got, some... what, what's yeah. what's trust
4: though? Ben, that's the thing, you know. What's trust and the players? And there's a lot of the players that come out and say, Well, you can't trust me, you know, <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm okay or I'm going to say I'm not I'm not okay, you know. And, and the coaches have ordered the, the, uh, the system before, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. You've got, you've got to trust the conversation, you got to trust the independent doctor, Mal. Hey, Mal, we've got okay.
2: da- Dave has jumped on the line from he's out at Woody Point. Dave, morning to you. Say good morning to Melman Inger as well. Hey, Mal,
7: hey, Ben. Good morning, Dave. If the, if the, the guy who goes off injured has to do his 15 minutes, and the guy who's done it, he gets 15 minutes. Yep. The guy that gets hurt, if he can't come back on, why don't they just do an automatic two points to that other team? And then the guy who did it can still come back on after that.
0: Well, well that's, it, an- that's it,
4: another way of looking at it, I guess, but um, the two points, yeah, that's a... Two, two points on the scoreboard or... On the scoreboard, yeah, is it? Yeah,
7: two, no, two points on the scoreboard, it means... You know,
4: guys won't be doing head high tackles. I know they're going to cost their team the game because yeah. it could be the result of the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess that that's can be discussed, Dave. It's not a bad point. I mean, my 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 solution would be well, you are down to a man. You know, so yeah, instead of playing with seventeen men, you're down with sixteen men basically. You know, Bailey Simonson yeah. can't come back on. He's got to rip re- yeah. And generally, they don't you don't carry wingers on your bench, do you? So that's the, the team that. Offended is is very much disadvantaged in that situation. Yep.
2: And, and Dave, you, you right. may have a four point swing on that too, because you, you depending on where that penalty takes place, that you yep. the headshot takes place, you, you'd get uh, perhaps a shot at goal, and then add another yep. two points onto that. So it's uh, it's quite the uh, incentive not to do it, isn't it? That, that's
7: right. And if they were tackled around the legs, we wouldn't be talking about
2: it. <laughs> oh, there we oh, go. It's hard.
4: It, Yeah, here we go. <laughs> yes. It's it's uh it's a fast physical game, Dave, and um you know, I mean I if I played the game and you would have played it too, Dave, and sometimes it's 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 never really intentional. Uh, but you get this off court in you know, difficult situations, your feet get planted in the wrong way, your head goes the wrong way and, and then you've got an opposition carrying the ball that can move in any direction, you know, step inside and then all of a sudden your your job is to make sure that person coming at you doesn't beat you, you know, so you're going to do everything you possibly can to make that tackle. So most, most instances, you know, I would say yeah, 99% of instances are not, not um, deliberate. It's unintentional, so um, there's got to be some sort of leeway there for that.
2: Dave, good on you, mate. Thank you for the call. $50 Sporting Globe voucher. You're in the running for that one, for just being part of the show. No idea is a bad idea. Now, Mal, let's talk about on-field stuff as far as the games this weekend because it's your old Raiders up against the hottest team in the comp, the Broncos. Absolutely. Hey, the bookies got this right. They're they're saying the Broncos are third favourite to win the title. (laughs) Behind Penrith and behind
4: the Roosters. Um, t- based on history, I would would think that's probably right. But at the moment, they're probably the well, they are the best team in the comp at mm. the moment, both with the football and, and without the football. Um, they've got uh, great solidarity and um, within their squad, you know. So they are playing... their players play every week. Uh, there's no there's no injuries. Um, I don't think they've even got any HIAs to think yeah. to speak about it either. So I mean, they're bubbling really nicely, and it's and the the Raiders are travelling up up here, aren't they? So um, Yes, I think I think they in most people's eyes. Certainly, in the critics' eyes, they'd be favourites. Um, on the you know, the bookies, are obviously you know looking at history as well.
2: And, of course, we've always got to mention what are you really gambling with when we're talking about the bookies as well. Now, what about the Raiders? The fact they've, they're they coming off that flogging from Penrith. Um, they'd, be fi- they'd be fired up more than anything, but also coming to Suncorp Stadium, the, the, the best uh, venue in the country, if not the world, to play rugby league, up against the hottest side. So they've got plenty to play for, and they would be stinging too.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, so you'll get a, a team with effort this week. Uh, there's no doubt uh, Ricky will have them fired up uh, obviously um, you know, some things have been said behind uh, the closed doors of the dressing rooms and obviously at training as well just around the effort that the players are putting in at the moment particularly the leaders the leaders need to stand up this week you know the Josh Papalis and Elliot Whiteheads and Joe Tarpanis all those sort of guys need to start to you know, show some form uh, Jamal Fogarty needs to you know take a bit more control of, the, of their footy team um, Jordan Ripana, obviously, you know, um, he's got to stay on the field first and foremost, but he's got to come up with a a big display. Um, So, yeah, it's a big game for the Raiders. And then with the Broncos, obviously, you know, if they just have the same attitude, they go in each week about improving each week. I heard Kevy, you know, after the game, it's about growth. It's about, you know, sustainable growth, consistent growth week to week and not focusing too far in front of themselves. This is the part of their second cycle, month cycle. So, you know, their second week of that. So... Um, if they can keep on focusing on week to week on the, the growth part of how they become better as individuals and as a group, they're going to be very hard to beat, you know, most weeks. So, yeah, it's a big, big game for the Raiders. And mm. and again, with the Broncos, they've just got to keep their consistent performance going.
2: Jared Croker, we're, we're seeing him for the first time as well. I mean, I know there's been a few injuries, but he's been playing
4: reserve grade, hasn't he? He has, and um, is that just to get him back to fitness? What's what's well, your in Well, back he to, to fitness, of? and yeah. he's still got still got issues, obviously, around his knee, and um, yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously, they're looking for more experience, and um, I mean, he brings a certain amount of confidence to the team, Jared. Obviously, he's, you know, he's one of the club legends. It's good to see him back in the in first grade, and just having him on the field and and talking to the players, you know, through the week, obviously, and and in the game, um, he's going to bring that experience to him, you know so that's composure that steadiness and that willingness to you know want to do well and like Jared has been languishing in reserve grade so it's an opportunity for him to show his wares and to, you know to make his mark back in this footy team you know so it's interesting it's an interesting selection having Jared back but he'll bring experience and and Jared will want to do well.
2: All right, that's Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium, half past 7 kickoff there. But good Friday. Will it be a good Friday for the Cowboys or the Dolphins? They're head-to-head in their first Queensland derby. The Dolphins, they're just hanging on by the the skin of their flippers as far as as, uh, uh, injuries and depth are concerned. And the Cowboys have got a couple of big ins back. Scotty Drinkwater and your old mate from the World Cup side, Reuben Cotter.
4: Yes, yeah, make a difference, huge difference to their footy team, particularly... In attack, well, they should have beaten the Bulldogs the other night, you know. They call um, so uh, they'll be biting at the bit to play this game, obviously. And I reckon um, the Dolphins will keep hanging in there; they keep being competitive. Uh, you know, young Katoa and obviously um, uh, the other young fellow. Nickarima. Nickarima, sorry, yeah, he's yeah, coming back from from injury, um, so you know that'll add some stability to it all. Um, but I can't see the Dolphins you know, beating the Cowboys uh, this weekend,
2: and that's up in Townsville as well. Easter Sunday, who will get the chocolates when it comes to the Titans, Mal? Your inside uh, word on them? They've had a spinal tap, no foreign, uh, no Brimson, so we see Toby Sexton for the first time. Jaden Campbell's at the back. That that that's that's got to leave a, a dent, doesn't it? Even though they're taking on the Dragons.
4: Yeah, and it's at home as well. So I mean, obviously, they I know the. You know the coach and the team want to do really well at home this year. You know you get your your home form right, and um, that's certainly going to help you make your finals. And uh, they'll be motivated. I mean, no no doubt Toby will be motivated. Obviously, you know off the, off what happened last year, and mm-hmm. obviously not starting this year, uh, he'll be motivated. And he's been playing really well, you know, down in the hot, host plus you know cup, you know the Queensland Cup. So he'll be he'll be um ready to go. And you know, I think the team we're ready to go off the back of you know a really. Bray performance last last week against the Cowboys, um, yeah, but not you know, not not a smart loss. <laughs> so they've learnt plenty, I, I believe, off uh, the back of last week losing you know, two key guys. You know, in the first half, it does take away you know from your ability to to be successful. Uh, but the the Dragons were great last week against the Dolphins. You know, the Dragons looked yeah. looked uh, you know really good footy side, um, like they were round one. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of what type of Dragon side we'll see. You know, on on the weekend, so um, it's going to be interesting clash. Um, obviously, the Titans need to win them, or both teams need to win. So it's going to be, you know, a really good uh, encounter.
2: Well, exactly. The winner goes into the top eight by the looks of the ladder, depending on other results. So it is, and the other well that starts to lose touch within the top eight. Final word and in the inside word, Mel Kieran Foran. How bad is his injury? When do we expect him
4: back? Um, he's close this week. He was Ben, so he's definitely back next week against the Broncos. You know, so and then even AJ Brimson could be back you know, next week as well. So um, that all that all bodes well for next week. But um, didn't want to risk him this week. You know, it's a calf injury. Calf injuries seem to linger, particularly as you get older, yeah. as they say. So, but he's fine. He's out there training uh, today, and um, and AJ Brimson's out there training today as well. So there's quite the possibility that both those players will be back for the Broncos game next week.
2: Fantastic stuff. We look forward to that. I'm going to let you go, but before I do that, outside of Rugby League, World Cups, or State of Origins, Premierships, everything that you have won along the way, what other sporting title, Mel, would you, in the world, if you had a choice, what would you yep. love to have in, in the back pocket?
4: Well, you know, golf and tennis, obviously, from a monetary point of view. Um, but I was, never, I was okay with that. I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> of sports, but taken, what given my side I just had to think about that, because I would like to be... World heavyweight champ boxing champion of the world. Oh, yes, yes. No, no one's gonna mess with I'd you, like are they? Be. No, well, then you know, this my size might hold me in good stead. I'm not quite sure, you yeah. Know, so, but you know, you get you get plenty of money doing that, don't I, you? I reme- For not getting knocked around, though. but anyway, I remember you, you in the boxing the
2: ring. I remember you in the boxing ring, too, Mal. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so does AFL. I was ferocious. <laughs> Mate, we'll do it again next Wednesday from 10 o'clock. Melman Inga, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab ink protein. Powering tomorrow, today. And that hurts because he's a Kiwi. In fact, last year he was ranked in the top 10 drivers on the planet by Autosport magazine. And that list included the likes of Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Will Power. He is up there with the elite of the elite. We're in awe of his skill, his timing, his calmness, his ruthlessness, his ability to tame anything with four wheels. But I'm also in awe of his sportsmanship. Remember this from 2019?
1: It's oh, a oh up it's on ripped. its roof. This is not good. That's one of the Shelby it's power racing cars. And that's the McLaughlin car. Up on its roof with the right rear wheel missing. It's made huge contact with the wall.
4: He's you're okay. okay. Mate, this okay. is red
1: flag. The session. This is Scott McLaughlin, who's the fastest out there at the moment. Has had a monumental, bated breath inside it the it garage mate, there. Oh, there. We'll so, there. change going to get out. okay. And jumped out. This to is make great. Sure he's okay.
2: Great sportsmanship. Great sportsmanship indeed. In the. Crowd on the Gold Coast saw it, clapped it all over this country. We saw it. And I still get goosebumps thinking of it right now. And I know my wife was watching at home. She's a mad motorsport fan. And she actually DMed Shane Van Gisbergen and said that was one of the best things she'd ever seen. And he DM'd her back, which is okay. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy with my wife sliding into someone else's DMs on that bar. But look, let's get down to business. He is on the line right now. Shane Van Gisbergen. It is great to talk to you. Welcome to SENQ. Thanks for the chat, mate.
8: Hey, thank you. Uh, nice, nice intro. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let, let's start there. Can, can you take us back to that day on the Gold Coast in 2019? Because when you look at the vision, a lot of cars were, were going past and still driving because that's your instinct. But your instinct was to stop and help and jump out.
8: Um, well, yes. Yeah, I guess most of those guys um, were trying to set their quality laps, whereas I was on the front straight a little bit behind so it was already red flagged by the time I got there. So, yeah, but you can't blame those guys for just driving past. But, um, yeah, when I come around the corner, I saw it was one of the um, Dick Johnson cars. And, and I didn't know if it was Fabian or Scotty, but, yeah, um, when I come around the corner, there was no one there. And the car was had a bit of smoke and, and was up on its side, you know. So, yeah, so first instinct, instinct to stop. And both of those guys are my friends. So, yeah, it was... was um jumping out to see if they were okay. And, yeah, it turned out to be Scotty, and was pretty shaken up.
2: I guess when you're in your business and you you see something like that, it, it, it's probably not pleasant, yet your instinct was to run to it rather than run away from it.
8: Oh, yeah. Well, that's what we do. We're, we're um, all all friends, sort of. Or mostly, Most of us are all friends off the track. But, yeah, <laughs> even in the heat of the battle, you, wanna, you want everyone to be safe.
2: I like that. We're mostly all friends on, on on track. When does the rivalry start? Then is it the moment the the, the lights go out?
8: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah.
2: and that's where you're going to leave it. Nice. I love that. Mate, can can I, can I ask you about things outside of supercars? Because this is what we love about you. And I mentioned at the intro that you, you pretty much tame anything on, on four wheels. Last year, we saw you go to Le Mans and you gave that a crack. You've had a crack at world rally championship as well. Where where does the love of cars come from for you?
8: Yeah, I guess I've always just grown up around it and, when I was younger I used to go to Puka all the time and that's what made me love um supercars. So yeah, I've always always wanted to race and yeah, still still love it and enjoy it all. So yeah, getting to try and experience all different kinds of things with all different teams and people and cars, like it's um yeah, it's just really fun to to do what we do. So, um I try and try and race as much as we can and supercars now we only race twelve times a year, so not enough. I need to find something to do the rest of the year.
2: It's pretty cool that the the Red Bull racing guys allow you to to do that. But I I'm, I'm tipping it would probably make you a, a better driver experiencing all the different vehicles. Is is that fair to say?
8: Yeah, of course. Like I um I notice when I don't drive for two, three, four weeks um you jump back in and the cars seem so much faster, like your reactions aren't up to speed. So definitely getting to drive stuff. Um you know it keeps you keeps your hand in it keeps your Keeps you sharp.
2: What about open wheelers, Shane? Is is that something that's on the the radar for you?
8: Oh, not really. Like I love I love what I do. I got to do the New Zealand Grand Prix a few years ago in in New Zealand. So jumping a open wheeler after fifteen years or something was a bit of a shock. They're very different to how they used to be. But yeah, a lot of fun. Um, but I I think supercars is where it's at
2: well it's got a roof on it for a start for, for us for us mere mortals jumping into different cars and and i guess from an open wheeler to something with a a lid on it how difficult is that how much and i know and i know you hate talking yourself up but that i would think would require a great skill
8: yeah i guess so i don't know i just <laughs> jump in and drive there's no point um overthinking it i guess yeah just just have
2: a go. How long does it take to get used to?
8: Oh, it depends on what it is, of course. Yeah, yeah. it depends. They're all they're all different.
2: All right, Albert Park from the weekend, uh, a race win and podium finishes. So that's yep. that's normally a good weekend, but it's a little bit different this year, isn't it? With the Gen Threes, and you are not leading the packers, which we've seen. Does that make you hungrier, being the hunter rather than the hunted?
8: Um, I don't know. Like it's difficult. We obviously got um, disqualified from the first race, so we lost all the points from that. So that's put us behind everyone. But yeah, we're just racing as normal. I don't don't know about the hunted or hunted shit like that. I don't think like that. I just drive the thing. But yeah, it was a weird a weird weekend with the um being a support category. It was a bit of a farce, really. Like we only got three laps in one race, and you get full points for that. So it's a bit of a joke racing it the supercars event at the moment with the short races and the pit stops and the tire rules and stuff like that. So it was a real shame, but, um, we had a good, good points weekend, but yeah, you'd obviously want the category to put on a better show. So it was a hard one.
2: We see your teammate Brock uh, stand on top of the podium as well. It was, uh, it was a, a good yep. weekend for Red Bull.
8: Yeah, it was an awesome weekend. Like I think I was second on points and Brock was up there as well with another race win, so. Yeah, like our our cars are fast. We just um need more racing laps, I guess, to show
2: it. Have you got a handle on, on the Gen Threes yet or are they still a work in progress?
8: Uh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, everyone's sorta of, everyone's in the same boat,
2: yeah. Yeah, they are. But how about you?
8: Um, yeah, I don't know. The car is, is what it is. So yeah, we just gotta do the best we can with it.
2: And that's that's the beauty, and I come back to you jumping in all different types of cars and different categories. That then, you know, it doesn't does it really matter what gets thrown at you as far as different modifications and and different tweaks, balances, parity, all that stuff. You just jump in and drive the thing, yeah.
8: Yeah, but you also have to
2: have to enjoy it too. Do I read between the lines that you're not enjoying that? No,
8: no, it's it's all right. Same same for everyone. That's the thing. You just got to make. Yours better than everyone else's.
2: Yeah, and you seem to do that with uh, great regularity. Now the next stop is Perth, so it's uh, it's again it's a it's a sprint race, isn't it? Another super sprint.
8: Okay, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen the format for it, so I think um, yeah, we got um, we got a debrief from Melbourne coming up to work that out, and then yeah, Perth is in three or four weeks or something. So. I haven't even looked at it yet. Seen what the formats are? If it's night, daytime races, short or long? So, yeah, we'll, we'll
2: see what it's like. This is fascinating stuff, mate. I mean, we're getting an insight here now. So, when would you sit down yeah. to look at what's coming up? I mean, do you are you able to do that? Just clear the mind for a couple of weeks, and then when do you when do you start zoning in on what's next?
8: Um, oh, I don't don't know. I don't have a set of format <laughs> for it all, but yeah, probably the week or two before, I guess. But looking at it but yeah i haven't seen when our debriefs are or anything for for coming up for perth so yeah we'll work together and we've really got to figure out melbourne first what we could have done better and then we look forward to the next one
2: well, mate, we look forward to seeing you in action as well. But before I let you go, it's something that I'm I'm doing today. Uh, asking everybody that comes on, regardless or not regardless, but outside of your own sport, which of course, defending champion, you've won Bathurst trophies and uh, and and the like. Outside of your own sport, what else in world sport? What other title? What other event would you covet?
8: Oh no, nah, man! Supercars is my life. It's all I focus on. So. Championship
2: for me. Oh, really? Okay. So, do you, what about in your downtime? Do you watch any other sports? Are you a footy fan?
8: Nah, nah. I just love racing. Yeah. So just love Good racing. Cars is everything.
2: All right. Yeah. What about a Formula One world title? Would that be pretty cool?
8: Oh, of course. But yeah, there's no point dreaming about it. No, nah, I'll just uh, yeah, I'll stay in my lane.
2: Nice one, mate. Stay in your lane and do that. And uh, we enjoy watching you racing and enjoy this chat because uh, it has been a a rare occasion, but I've loved every minute of it and I hope everyone else does as well. Good luck for the rest of the year, mate. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Shane Van Gisbergen, seven minutes away from 11. There we go. Just mark time and date because it may be the only chat we hear from him this year. It gives you an insight, doesn't it? No, I don't watch any other sport. It's all about the cars. It's all about the four wheels. Thirteen thirteen fifty five oh four six seven 36, seven three six seven three six to be part of Queensland sports' biggest conversation.
1: Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings
2: with Ben Davis. Yeah, thanks for your company. 11 a.m. Mayhem, we're about to kick that off. Some breaking news coming out of the world of the NRL. The Sharks have received a massive blow. This has just popped up. Toby, Toby Rudolph is set to miss up to three months with a foot injury. He's wiped out his season. He underwent surgery on his toe. Tuesday. So yesterday, after scans revealed subsequent damage to his MTP... What's it? What's an MTP joint? MTP joint. I'm going to have to Google that. Anyway, his toe's buggered, and he's out for the best part of three months after surgery. So it's a big blow to the Sharks. They've got the buy this weekend. Uh, but Toby Rudolph set to miss up to three months. I know Chris Fagan talks in this hour as well. If we uh, see sight of that, hear anything he's got to say ahead of tomorrow night's Lions Collingwood blockbuster... We'll bring that to you. But I, I see the Lions have tweeted some images from their captain's run. That has just happened. And I see Harry Sharp is there in the photos. So I know they named their team a little later today, but that may be a pointer of Harry Sharp being in and around the mix. Or maybe it was just the fact that uh, he was there at the captain's run. Although if he's not playing, what's he doing at the captain's run? All right, 13, 13 55. It's the number you need... That's right two be in the draw for the Lions Collingwood tickets I have a double to give away over the next hour or next hour all you need to do is to give me a call tell me what's on your mind oh no
3: let's go. let's go crazy let's get nuts. It's the fun.
2: Trying something new on a Wednesday at 11am, 11 11am 11 mayhem. You call, you get on, whatever's on your mind. I know we've been talking about plenty of stuff this morning, but let's see what is on your mind. Let's go to line number one, Jason's at Hendra. Jace, good morning.
3: Good morning, Ben. I'm a, I'm a little agitated this morning. Oh, no. I, I've been keeping up to date with all the, you know, like the, the, the AFL and the NRL and everyone's in there talking to the government about you know, the the anti-gambling money and all that sort of stuff. And then I also hear on the back of that the NRL are talking about having 20 teams in the NRL by 2032. Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? They can't even field enough players at the Dolphins at the moment. They haven't got enough good players at the Tigers and you want to put another three teams in. And what? then elbow said, hey, let's give you $200 million. Are you kidding me? We're flat out paying our power bills, and you want to pay for some half-rate blokes to come along and just take their paycheck. I was at the game on Saturday night mm-hmm. at the Broncos, and I've got to tell you, watching it from the sidelines, the Tigers are in all sorts of trouble. They are just 17 blokes that turn up and they take their pay packet every Thursday when their money goes in. Because they are not playing as a team, you can see it off the ball. They are not united, and they want to do this with another three teams. Please.
2: I, no, I'm just going to let. You, I'm just letting you go, Jace, Because I reckon, oh, I reckon you need to take I'm a break. I can tell. I, I can tell. 11 a.m. mayhem. We're off to an absolute flyer. So 20 teams, 18 though. You've got to agree that we need an extra team in, right, to make it an even competition.
3: You can't just go and stick an 18th team in now if you haven't got enough players. Where are you going to take these players from? Why don't the NRL get together with the New South Wales Rugby League and the Queensland Rugby League and go, listen, here's some funding that goes direct to Q Cup clubs so that we can then bolster our group of young blokes that will come through and take the places of these people that are going to be coming into the NRL. Because they haven't got enough at the moment. They haven't got anywhere near enough. You look at the Colts at the moment, Colts, the uh, Hastings-Deering Colts Cup. I love watching those young blokes play, but then you're expecting 20-year-olds to come up like more than just the one-offs here and there. You're asking a whole bunch of them to come up into senior football straight up. And then when they don't do what we want them to do and play good football, we absolutely bash them and castigate them in papers and on talkback and on social media. And then we go, well, well what's wrong with the competition? I mean, it's a, a no-brainer. I just don't think we've got it really for another couple of years. I think they've got at least three to four years before they can say we've got enough young people to come through to get another team in there.
2: Jace, you have kicked off 11 a.m. mayhem with plenty of mayhem. I, I love that. We are off and running on a Thursday. On a Thursday. It feels like Thursday. We've been going that long. On a Wednesday. Outstanding stuff. So we've covered 20 teams, the Tigers, and Pathways. <sighs> 13-13-55. Has anything Jace just said resonated to you? He's the clubhouse leader right now for the two tickets to the Gabba tomorrow night, Collingwood and Lions. Let's go to line six. Uh, Timmy. Tim, good morning.
3: Benny, how
2: are you, buddy? I'm very well. What's on your mind this Wednesday mate, morning? Jeez, geez, Jace Jase off to a flyer. <laughs> Take a <laughs> deep breath. Deep breath.
3: Mate, yes. Mate my, uh, mate, my little gripe is... In rugby league these days, the amount of people in a tackle, but from the attacking team.
8: Mm-hmm. So
3: the guy runs the ball up, gets tackled, and then you get, sometimes you get two or three guys trying to push him forward those extra couple of metres or keep them from going into touch. Mate, a tackle in rugby league these days looks more like a rugby union ball. In some
2: cases. Wrapping up the ball, the wrestle, it is it is a bugbear. I know Mel yes. Meninga spoke about it last hour. Michael Ennis has even touched on it in uh, NRL 360. But it, it's something I spoke to Gilly about, I reckon, two weeks ago it was, when we were talking about concussion, HIA, tackle technique. Yes. N- n- th- 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 they're taught how to wrestle yeah. now rather than getting in and driving low.
3: The attack, yeah, like the, the hooker who you know, the dummy half is in there pushing them forward. and It's like, mate, just let
2: it tackle and get the game going, Tim. Thank you, thank for being part of the show. 11 a.m. Mayhem, 13 13 55 Actually, no, don't text. I want to hear from you. That's right. The open line, just keep them pumping through. Uh, if anything Jason and Tim have said resonates with you, we'd love to hear it. 13, 13 55. Uh, I'm just having a look here. I know there's text coming through, but no, it's not about texting. It's about having a chat. Uh, although I've got a no name on this one, but I do have to say Wayne, 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 Wayne van Gisbergen. <laughs> Yeah, Wayne Bennett. No, I get it. I get it. Exactly. Uh, if you've missed anything uh, on the show today, the podcast too, download it, share it with your friends, wherever you get it, your podcast from, be it iTunes or Spotify. Uh, let's go to line two. Maddie. good morning.
7: Good
2: morning, Danny. How are you? Good. What's on your mind?
9: Mate, I just wanted to have a quick quick chat about the, the Wallaby squad that's been announced this week by Eddie Jones.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
9: Big, Some big, I guess, Big name players out of Queensland that haven't made the uh, the cut, Harry Wilson and Kate McDermott. Yes, um, I think there's a you know a fairly big line in the sand um, from Eddie, just saying you know not performing in Super Rugby, you're not going to get picked, kind of thing. Um, and obviously with those, those not so, I guess, um, well known names in the Brumbies and Waratahs squads, are uh, getting in for that first Wallaby squad training. I think it is a couple of weeks away. Um, I just think that, you know, Eddie's gone um, down the track where if you're not going to perform, you're not going to be picked on a thing. But then, um, you know, I don't think that squad's going to look anything like the World Cup squad that's going to go um, yeah. later in this year to compete. So I just, you know, I'm not sure. Do, do, do you
2: like it though? Go, but I'm not do, sure. do, do you like what Eddie's doing? He, he's putting, I mean, some of those names you mentioned, Tate McDermott, uh, Harry Wilson, he, he's putting them on, on notice. Is that a is that a good thing? Is that a good approach?
9: I think so. I think it is. Um, I'm hoping that he's gone to those players and actually given them pointers to get better or to get better, to get better um, mm. in the weeks coming up in Super Rugby. But um, if not, I think... Uh, you know, it's probably not the way to go. You've got to you've got to give feedback to fringe players that aren't getting selected. Um, it only it only you know boosts the, um, the strength and the the depth of Australian rugby. I think.
2: Matt, you make a really good point, and actually, I'll be speaking to one of those who who's made it into that squad from Queensland, Josh Fluke, coming up before midday today. So we'll get his take on it. What Eddie said too, Matt. It's a really good call. Thank you. And the best thing about what Eddie Jones has done, in in my opinion, is he has said. This is not the World Cup squad. This is just our first squad. If you're in it, it's up to you to stay in it. If you're not in it, it's up to you to get in it. So he's drawn a line in the sand, yes, but he's also put the players on notice. It's up to you to remain, but it's also up to you to work your way in. Matty, good shout. 13-13 at 55. Steve's on the Gold Coast. Steve, morning.
7: G'day, mate. How are you?
2: Very well. What's on your mind?
7: I just want to. I just want to get your thoughts. The most stupid rule in rugby league appeared on Sunday again, where a team that makes an illegal move, um, South Sydney, with a short twenty metre restart, the ball doesn't go ten. Mm. Asako comes flying in to catch the ball, could create really good television viewing in rugby league play by crashing through two or three tackles and scoring, but because he didn't let the ball cross the line. The team that makes the illegal move gets a penalty. I just cannot fathom that out. It just does my head And what, what do you think of that?
2: So so you're saying that the, it should be play on and the opposition should pick it up and run through and, and score? Is that the...
7: If the opposition pick it up and score, yeah. surely they should be rewarded for the other team doing an illegal move. If the if he come you imagine the guys like Joey Manu and the young fellow that's going to rugby union and Munster any yeah. one of those players can come crashing through and catch the ball if it's only going to go 6 meters.
1: Mm.
7: Why why do they get penalized because the other team made an illegal move? I just find it staggering that sort of no one says anything about it. If they knock the ball on in the process yeah, surely they get a penalty under the post. Or they say, no, you've tried to play the ball. That's the part. If you knock it on, it's our Sydney's ball. But I just can't understand how, an, how a team can get the benefit of doing something that's not in the rules.
2: It should be advantage play on, yeah? Yeah,
7: yeah, that's what I recommend. Yeah,
2: Steve, hey, it's a really good point. Thank you. 13 We may have a new clubhouse leader there as far as the double pass to uh, the Lions and Collingwood tomorrow night at the Gabba. Uh, let me have a look here oh, mm. I know there's text messages coming through but that's not in the spirit of the 11 a.m mayhem we need to get your chat on the on the on the phone 13 13 55 but we'll get to the text messages don't worry uh, we are coming up to uh, where are they now Wednesdays as well we'll be filling that in before midday today uh, a legend of Queensland sport uh, she was. Well, in fact, I think she put her sport on the map as far as us uh, nationally and internationally as well. And as mentioned, we'll be uh, crossing to Ballymore. Josh Fluke, that's right. He is Queensland Red. He's in the centres, but he's also in Eddie Jones's frame and mind when it comes to a Wallabies camp. April 17, they're uh, meeting on the Gold Coast for a three-day camp as well. There will be overseas players involved in that. They won't be there physically, have a presence, but they'll be part of team meetings. And we know they're joining via Zoom for those. So while they won't be being put through plays, they'll be put through the, well, what Eddie Jones wants. We're talking your Quade Coopers, your Marika Corbettis, you, uh, your Tom, uh, Tom Banks and not Rory Arnold. I know, but his brother, Richie. Thirteen thirteen is 11 a.m. mayhem. You call, you get on, just like Duncan has. Dunk morning to you.
5: Oh, G'day, Ben. How are you, mate?
2: Uh, all the better from hearing from you. What's on your mind?
5: I want to talk more about election and further to uh, Harry Wilson and Tate not being selected, how mm. nine waratahs can be selected, yet they're one of the poorest performing sides. It seems like this New South Wales bias is kicking in once again, Ben.
2: Oh, Eddie, he's only been back in the country for a couple of uh, couple of weeks and you're already saying it's a New South Wales waratah bias.
5: Been going on for decades, you know it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I love, I love it. I love the Queensland parochialism. But does it put players on notice?
5: It does, but I still don't know what Tate McFammit has done. Not he's the second best. You know, at worst, yeah. half-back in the country and still can't make it in the squad. Yeah,
2: and Harry Wilson's a talent too, isn't he? He's just got great footwork. He's there or thereabouts. So, again, maybe uh, maybe whatever is Eddie's looking for, this will give them that uh, impetus. But Duncan reckons there's a Waratah bias as far as the Wallabies are concerned. Do you agree? 13-13-55. Duncan, thank you for being part of 11am Mayhem. Uh, Eric is down the M1. Eric, morning to you.
3: Yeah, how are
2: you, mate? Very well. What's on your mind?
3: Oh, mate, um, it happens pretty much every game, every week, is when the attacking team uh, stuffs their play up, up, a bit of a shepherd, mm. and then they just pull up and stop for, like, pretty much a voluntary tackle. I think, 1908, that should be a
2: penalty to the defensive side. So if you make a mistake and then just pull up and, and give yourself up, voluntary tackle... Yeah, ta- well, which yeah. Is what they do. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because if they pass the ball or kick it, then they're taking advantage of, you know... Oh, like, like, like an shepherd. obstruction
2: play or, or a shepherd, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah and they yeah, just yeah. pull up and they just pretty much take a voluntary tackle. Like, why isn't that a penalty? Like, it's, if they've done an illegal play. It should just automatically be a penalty. The defensive side should get the penalty.
2: It's a good point, although if they just give themselves up and make no advantage, take no advantage from that, is that just the penalty enough that they haven't taken advantage of it? Uh, Eric, thank you. It should be a penalty in Eric's mind. NRL operations meeting, let's put your minds together. 13, 13.55, has Eric got a point? 19 minutes past 11. 11 a.m. mayhem. You know what we might do? We will take a break. We'll come back. We'll get some more thoughts on whatever's on your mind. This Wednesday morning here on SENQ.
1: Hostplus has been named Super Rating Superfund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus, issued by Hostplus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. 25 past
2: 11, thanks for your company this Wednesday morning here on SENQ. It is 11 a.m. Mayhem. You call, you get on. Anything on your mind and out of that you'll go into the draw... Uh, for a double pass to the Gabba tomorrow night. Lions and Collingwood, you cannot get these tickets for love nor money. That's right. The Lions posted and hoisted the sold-out sign a little earlier today. Uh, Look, you can feel the energy this NRL Season 2 as a Gold Coast Titans member. Visit their website, uh, titans.com.au. All right, let me see here. Let's. I'll go through these lines. One, two. Let's go to line six. Ray, morning. Morning, Ben. How are you, mate? What's on your mind?
0: Mate, um, look, I appreciate every caller that rings through to, your, to you and your great show, but let's be honest, there is a tonne of talent out there in this country that's not found on a yearly basis. They, you know, some parents can't afford to put their kids in tournaments. Some kids go to schools that don't allow their child, the, the students to be seen. And the NRL, the AFL, the netball associations, you know, um, soccer associations—they got nine years. Uh, they they have they will have some sort of um, idea coming up where they'll have um, academies for kids that are going to come through. I can't see there being a problem with twenty clubs in nine years all right okay, right so'll have Academy the
8: law
2: so that that's in response to Jason's call to come up saying no 20 teams they, they they're dreaming and we're not we're not talking about 20 teams tomorrow either it will be well I mean 18 teams at least getting that up that's going to be the next time the TV rights roll around which is uh oh, 27 off memory 20 27 so we've still got uh we've still got a while to go yet until we get that rolled in so that's the other caveat to this, Ray, and I know Wayne Bennett has spoken about this. He said, oh, I don't care where the next team comes from. We've just got to make sure that the pathways are in place to bring whatever talent is there through. So that's what you're saying, that the talent's there. They just have to what set up the, the pathway so we can discover them.
0: So the AFL do it really good and, and with their academies. Mm. you know, That's where Eric Hipwood come from um, with the Lions. Um, I think Harris Andrews come through with yeah, the Lions as well up here in Brisbane.
2: Alan Ponga but, was part you know, of the Lions Academy on stage as well.
0: And and the Melbourne Storm. And, you know, I, I make no secret of Eric for Sydney's favourite team, the Melbourne Storm. Um, you know, they, they've they been able <laughs> to recruit people from, from North Queensland long, long, long away from the home of, down there at Olympic Park yeah and um, you know there, there is people out there and there's young kids out there that are busting on the scene, and they're just not being seen right now. You know they might have had a bad day at the trial, but there is talent out there.
2: Talent out there, enough for 20 teams, says Ray. Ray, thank you, mate. I'm going to put you into the draw for the Lions tickets. Lions Collingwood tomorrow night at the Gabba. It's an absolute blockbuster. I know the Lions have had their captains run this morning. As I mentioned on social media, they posted a few photos saying that the boys are up and about, pumped. And Harry Sharp was one of those photos. Does that give us a little bit of an Side word on which way Chris Fagan and the selection committee might be going as far as team changes, if there are any to take on the pies. Uh, I know Chris Fagan is due to speak in the next couple of minutes. If we can bring that to you and what he says, we will do that. But 11am Mayhem is where we sit uh, this Wednesday morning, 13, Um, I think we've had a pretty good start to 11am Mayhem. I know that we're doing that for the first time because this is the first time that we're on for the full three hours in 2023. So I thought I'd shake things up at 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. I think we might pencil this in and actually get the pencil out, put the biro in to get this as a permanent spot on a Wednesday. Yep, tick, 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 and tick. Uh, The next half hour is going to be huge. I'll be talking to Red's Centre and now part of a member of Eddie Jones's Wallabies camp. Josh Fluke coming up from Ballymore. And where are they now? Wednesdays as well. Jeez, it's going to be a big final half hour. Straight after that, though, he's already warming up, limbering up, stretching. I am talking about the goat himself. Cameron Smith, Denon Kemp, the captain's run from midday today. Oh, keep it locked here on SENQ, 693am, or if you're on the Gold Coast, 1620am, Sport. Sport and more sport. be part of Queensland Sports' Biggest Conversation. We're bang on, half past 11. Time for a news hit. All right, we just heard from 11am Mayhem, a a lot of conjecture about the Wallaby squad that was announced on Sunday by Eddie Jones. It was his first Wallaby squad since returning uh, to the helm of Australian rugby. He was at pains to say it is not the World Cup squad. And he also said, if you're in it, it's up to you to stay in it. And if you're out of it, it's up to you to work your way in. Well, I'm pleased to say that one man is on the line right now and he has made his way in it. Now it's up to him to stay there. I'm speaking of Red Centre, Josh Fluke. Josh, congratulations, mate. Well done on uh, earning a spot inside Eddie Jones's Wallaby squad.
10: Thank you very much. I appreciate
2: it. What's he said, the great man, Beaver? Has he uh, Did he pick up the phone to ring you?
10: Nah, I haven't talked to him specifically yet. I've talked to Bret Hod- Hodgson a couple of times, so that's pretty cool. But nah, I get to speak to Eddie directly, but I'm sure I'll speak to him over the next couple of days.
2: I reckon I reckon so. Well, what was the message then from uh, Rugby HQ, from Bret Hodgson?
10: I uh, just met with him He congratulated me on everything, gave me a call yesterday, he congratulated me for making the squad and just talked a little bit uh, about my game, how I've been playing and uh, what he wants me to look at going further into the future.
2: Okay. And did, was there an explanation about um, why picked and what, uh, what they like in you and what you have been doing?
10: Uh, I think it uh, sounded like they uh, were happy just with how cons- I've been playing some consistent footy. I've been enjoying my footy, which has helped, helped immensely. And um, just rugby knowledge around the game, I think that's one thing that it sounds like they've enjoyed about me, but just that I've been able to play some consistent back-to-back games.
2: Outstanding stuff. Well, speaking of which, you've got a big one uh, this Friday night, Good Friday against the Brumbies at, at Suncorp Stadium. I know it didn't go to plan against the, the Crusaders last week, but this is another acid test and it's a, it's an old grudge match, isn't
10: it? Yeah, exactly. They've been one of our rivals um, for the past couple of years now. We've built up a really good rivalry against them. Every game's gone down to the wire for the past five or six years or so. So hopefully this Friday... We'll we'll be able to put on another show for the crowd and hopefully they enjoy it. All
2: well, right, I remember a game that you played against the, uh, the Brumbies. It was that, uh, it was that final in 2020. Um, uh, or oh no, 2021 was it? Whatever. I, the one that you yeah, won. 21. Yeah. 2021. 20, it was a, and you played a very crucial part in that. So good memories that try.
10: Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was a great night and, um, no, it was a really good bunch of boys that we're able to do that with, but, um, no, that's in the past now. So we've got some good memories, but we've got to look at the future and where we are at the moment.
2: All right. Where is that uh, at the moment? What's the feel? What's the vibe uh, around the team? Probably not where you want to be sitting.
10: No, definitely not. We've had some disappointing games, but um, it was a step in the right direction against the Crusaders, you know, um, coming from that Rebels game where we were really disappointed about that. So it was a step in the right direction last week. So we're just trying to build on that again. This week and put
2: out a good performance. All right, mate. Um, one thing that you'll be taking into Wallabies camp is uh, being surrounded by guys who've been there and done it before, as far as your teammates and your coach is concerned. I mean, James O'Connor has been there. We, we know that Brad Thorne, what he's done in the world of footy. Who have you lent on the most, or who have you sort of absorbed that international flavour from the most that has allowed you to have that step up into now Wallabies frame?
10: I guess you you can't really focus or absorb just from one person. You know, they've all had different experiences and gone through different things. So you just got to pick and choose a couple of things from how they have experienced and what they had in their game and try and implement into your game
2: as best you can. Be a sponge, mate. Soak it up and enjoy not only uh, Friday night against the Brumbies. We wish you luck there. But when you do, step into Wallabies camp on, on the Gold Coast. Appreciate your time, Josh.
10: Beautiful. Thank you very much.
2: There we go, Josh Fluke, Queensland Reds centre, now also in the Wallaby squad. He's not a Wallaby just yet, but he is in the frame. It's now up to him to stay in that squad and for others to work their way into it.